Hello, and welcome to the Life Teacher Podcast. My name is Hector Suko, and today on the podcast, we are speaking with Brittany Marie Harris. Brittany is an expert on peak performance and presentation skills. With an extensive background in higher education, Brittany is no stranger to teaching and coaching. With experience in leadership, development, recruiting, and as a college professor, she is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business leaders boost their confidence by building their presentation skills so they can continue to lead powerfully. Let's welcome Brittany. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here to just talk with you and share. So thank you. No problem. I've known you for a while and I know that you have a lot of advice to give to my listeners. So let's go ahead and start with who is Brittany Marie Harris? That is a good question. That's a great question. So I think when we hear the question, who are we, we start to describe what we do right? Like I'm a professor, I'm a keynote speaker, I am all of these amazing gifts and talents and abilities, which is great, but um, I'd like to kind of change the direction on that. So who I am is a servant, who I am is a leader, who I am is a communicator, who I am is a lover, who I am is a believer um, in God, first and foremost, I am just a lover of humanity. And and that's the best way that I can say it. I am truly just a lover of humanity. And my biggest aim or what I aim to do in life is to really just serve other people. And I get to do that through my gifts, my profession, you know, my ability. Excellent. And we're going to go ahead and start with courage. Brittany, what is courage to you? To me, courage is literally just feeling the fear in doing it anyway. Feeling the fear in doing it anyway. Sometimes when we talk about courage, we talk about being fearlessness and it depends on who you talk to, but I don't believe that that's realistic, right? Like I believe that fear is a natural human a human emotion that we all experience. So courage is not the absence of fear. I would say it's the presence of fear, but acting in spite of that fear. So being super afraid, being scared out of your mind, but still making the leap or um, taking the job or making the move. And that reminds me of a movie in which Will Smith said, there's a difference between danger and fear. Fear Mm -hmm. is not real. Fear is is only your imagination of what might happen in the future. So if somebody is fearful of anything, asking for a promotion, making the big jump, asking the person that they like to be in a relationship, how would they be able to get over this non-existent situation that they've put themselves in? I would say really look at, look at the big picture, right? So what did it, what is it that you really want? What are you really afraid of? And when we really do the the soul work, when we do the the, um, soul searching, we'll find that oftentimes what we're afraid of is literally all in our minds. And I never want to make it sound like, oh, you'll be fine. Just, Just think your way out of it. No, what I'm saying is to really sit down and make sense of it. Like fear is not logical at all. 
Fear is false evidence appearing real. It's everything that we've concocted in our minds, but it really doesn't exist. So my first thing would be write it down. What do you want? What are you afraid of? What is the evidence shown you? Right. Like what in, in, in your past um, experiences, when you've been fearful, how have you come out of it? When you've taken the leap, when you've made the jump, when you've done whatever it is, when you've done it afraid, what happened? And start there. Start with the evidence. Start with the evidence. False evidence appearing real. That is pretty interesting. Where did you hear that one? You know, it's one of those sayings that you kind of just grow up hearing all of your life. Um, so I don't know if, who knows, maybe a family member made it up. Maybe they heard it somewhere. But I do know that regardless of where it came from, it is something that I allow to, to guide my life for sure. False evidence appearing real. And every time I talk about fear, I always think about Will Smith, how he says you have to fail. You have to fail you know, keep going at it. You have to fail, but you're, you should be failing forward, right? It's not mm -hmm. just that you're failing, make sure that you're failing forward. Another thing that I, that I've heard throughout um, once or twice in my life is yes, is your destination. No is how you get there. Right? So if your destination is love, well, guess what? You're going to have to hear a no, 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 until right? You have to go for the no. I think that's what the author uh, titled his book is go for no. And it, it was very, very interesting. If we don't go after our desires and we're just sitting at home on Netflix, binging show after show after show, maybe a movie here and there, we're literally in our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And for those of you, for those listeners that don't know what it is, Brittany, what is the comfort zone? I would say your comfort zone is where you feel most safe. And that's not a bad thing in and of itself. Not a bad thing. I think comfort zones are good sometimes um, or, or they they're good, but sometimes they run their course. A comfort zone, though, is that place or that thing that doesn't require that crazy or bold faith. And it's the place where you're not really challenged. Your comfort zone is a place where you are not challenged to, 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 you're not challenged to grow. Um, you're not challenged to evolve. You're not challenged to continue becoming all that you're destined to be. You're just safe. You're playing it safe. Definitely. One of my friends who's also a podcast host and an author, she said that the comfort zone is where dreams go to die and mediocre mediocrity thrives. Yeah, and I love that. And people have, you know, throughout history, you know, it's just, it's part of being human. People have lived and died in the comfort zone. And like what you said, there's nothing wrong with that. However, if you're listening to this podcast, you may have an itch. You may have something that you want to go after. And we're here to encourage you. I had an itch. Brittany had an itch. And we've gone after our dreams this podcast would not have been possible if I didn't put foot to pavement. Brittany would not be where she is if she didn't, hasn't put foot to pavement. Mm -hmm. So how can someone exit or find their way out of the comfort zone? I absolutely love this question. Thank you so much, because I often find my, myself having these conversations. Um, 
how can someone escape their comfort zone? I would say first and foremost, they have to make a decision. They have to make a decision. We have to make a decision when we have that itch, like you just mentioned, we have to make a decision. Are we going to scratch it or are we going to continue to itch, right? Like, are we going to pursue those things that we're curious about that we've always um, wanted to know more about, wanted to do? Are we going to do it or are we not? And first, once you make that decision, then you can um, put together a plan. You can start to strategize your next move. But first, you have to decide. And that's the hardest part. The hardest part of anything is making a decision and sticking to it. But once you do that, I guarantee you, I absolutely guarantee you that once you make a decision, you are well on your way to escaping that comfort zone. When was the time you made the decision to decide, you know what, this life that was set up for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to find my own way. Mm -hmm. So two, two things come to mind. Actually, number one is when I graduated from college, most people go to graduate school or they enter the workforce. I did none of the above. Um, I actually decided to move to China. And I know at the time, a lot of people didn't necessarily understand that. And they oftentimes would ask me, what does this have to do with your, with your degree? And the answer was nothing. It had absolutely nothing to do with my degree. But guess what is something that I wanted? And that's the short answer. That's the easiest answer I can give you. It's something that I wanted to do. It wasn't safe. I had never been out of the country at that point. And I did it at what, 22? And I did it alone for one year. So that was my first experience of kind of just forging a path that was authentically mine. Um, a second time was I came back from China. I entered into graduate school eventually. And a lot of people, some people know this story, some don't, but I ended up being placed on academic probation while I was in grad school. So I delayed graduate school a year, right? And then I finally get into graduate school and then I'm placed on academic probation because of my grades. So they told me that I would have to sit out for one full calendar year. And I was super embarrassed. I was ashamed. I felt like the biggest failure. But in that time, I discovered my love for public speaking. And I had to make a decision in the event that this degree does not work out in the event that I decide, you know what, I don't want to go back or guess what, I'm not allowed back. What am I actually going to do? And it was at that time where I decided that I wanted to be a public speaker, no matter what I ended up you know, finishing the degree, I'm very grateful, but had it not been for that time, I wouldn't be where I am today. So not allowing that moment to make me just get down and out, right? Like I'm a failure. I failed out of school. Okay. I did, but I discovered my passion. So, you know, it worked. It worked for me. So I would say that was probably the most recent and the most life-changing um, experience for sure. I need to rewind to China. How, there is one day or what, there was a moment, there were moments in your life, birth to not thinking about China. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was an inception. I want to go 
to China for X amount of time. What was the inception? Was there anything that sparked? Was there the culture? What is it that that made you want to go to China? Would you believe me if I said it was none of the above and just the opportunity that it presented itself? Can, so you I go was into, a, can you go into the opportunity? Sure. I was at a conference one summer and it was my the summer before my senior year of college. So I was at a conference and they had different vendors. So I remember I was walking past a vendor and I saw the words China that caught my attention. And I remember literally like backpedaling, like walking backwards, like, wait, what is it's that? like a scene China? from a movie, like, like a, mm-hmm. you're, you're walking and then you turn, you walk and then you still stay in frame and then you walk back slowly and like you're staring at this sign. Mm-hmm. That, is, exactly. that is really funny. Exactly. That's that exactly really how it went. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it went. So I'm like, did that say China? And say, so say that again? I, does that I, say China? You said that to yourself? Does that say China? Mm-hmm. I said to myself, does that say China? What is that about? So I walked over to the booth and... I asked for information and they gave me the information and I would never forget. I was in a drive-through getting food after, and I called my mom and I said, Hey, guess what? I'm going to China. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Give, give me a second. You're at a booth. You didn't decide then and there that you were moving to China at the booth. You decided. I was pretty confident. At that time, because there was that moment that you just felt this overwhelming sensation that this is what I want to do. Yeah, the the information, but really just the opportunity. How often do you get to go to China for practically free for a year and work and immerse yourself into a different culture, a different country, a different continent? Um, Those opportunities are not just handed to you often. So in that moment, my mind was not 100% made up, but it was close to it. And it was kind of a joke, almost kind of a joke. When I said it to my mom, I just wanted to see her reaction. And I will never forget. She said, girl, you are not going to China. And it made me question, but why not? Why not? I went to college I went here, I've been to New York, I've been to so many different places. Why is China off limits? And I discovered it was because it, it, it wasn't safe territory. It was the unknown. It wasn't in the comfort zone for my mom, for my family, for the people around me. And that is ultimately what pushed me to do it. I want to hear more about this moment. You're standing there in front of this booth and would would you not say that this was a life-changing moment for you it was certainly a life-changing moment so let's talk about that moment in which you're standing in front of this booth i mean what came over you what what how was what was your mindset i'm i'm very intrigued At the time, 
I really felt like I had nothing to lose. My undergraduate experience for me was really tough. Um, there, there was just a lot that I endured throughout those four years, um, personally, just academically, socially. So going into my senior year, I was really open. And I knew that even if I didn't take advantage of the opportunity, that it was a possibility. And that was enough for me at the time. So can I, can I confidently say that I knew I was going in that very moment? No. But was I open to the possibility of going? Yeah. Because I, I stood there and I listened and I remember I grabbed the pamphlet from them. I got all the information right then and there. And you know how like when you're in the mall and you're walking past the kiosk and they're trying to get your attention, come here. What kind of phone do you have? You kind of ignore it. Like, no, thank you. Or if you stop, you do it out of generosity, right? Like you've already made up in your mind. I don't want what you're selling. I'm not interested, but I was actually interested in what they were telling me. So again, just the possibility. I was, I was open to the possibility in that moment. I've already interviewed a few guests and I'm always looking for that seed that's planted. But the way you're talking, this wasn't a seed. This was kind of like a sprout. It was already sprouted and boom, it was planted in your mind. And it wasn't a seed that needed to be watered. Um, it was just, it had already sprouted. And that is pretty unbelievable because all it took was just a little bit of water and that sprout continued just to grow and blossom and you were in China. Um, any other important plot turns or twists in that story where you told your mom, she said, no, you said, why not? Um, any other things happened before you actually moved to China that was important to the story? Honestly, no, it was a pretty seamless process. I will say, though, I remember I flew out on my mom's birthday. So what oh a birthday gift. God. I left on her birthday and she cried her eyes out. But I flew out at midnight. Right. I remember I was taken off from L.A. and the plane was ascending. And then a, a moment of like fear, doubt, worry came over me. Like I got so anxious, like inside everything was tight. And I almost like I started panicking. Like I, I remember sitting in the seat, looking out the window and panicking, like, what am I doing? As quickly as that fear came, calmness overcame me even quicker. And what I said to myself was, it's okay. It's going to be fun. You get to meet new people. You get to learn. So I remember I had to practice thought replacement very quickly in that moment, very quickly. And that set the foundation for how I would not allow my thoughts to control me. All of this time, I was excited planning and having parties and shopping for China. But when it was time to take off, I was so incredibly fearful. But again, in that same moment, I got a hold of my thoughts and I said, no, this is going to be the greatest, the, the greatest experience of your life. And I didn't know what was on the other side of that fear, but I knew that something great would happen, but I could only get to it once I conquered this. 
So being able to replace your thoughts and when you feel the fear, like, again, you can feel the fear, but feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what courage is. I am feeling very empathetic with your mother right now, which is why I want to turn to your relationship with your mother and that precise moment that you, I guess, booked a plane ticket. Was it booked for you or did you book it? It was booked for me. And I remember they sent me the email and I immediately noticed the date and was like, oh, man. And I know that everybody has a either very good or contentious relationship with their mother. And, you know, I'm now feeling empathetic for you because mm-hmm. I had, I had an inkling that th- that date was chosen for you. Not that you picked the date. Um, you did feel it as um, I'm feeling that you did. And so how did that conversation go? I remember saying, hey, I am, I got my flight information. I'm actually leaving on your birthday. And she was a trooper. I have to give it to my mom 100% because she was such a trooper throughout this. And to, to shoot to the end of the story, she was so proud. She was so proud. She would brag about me all the time. My daughter's in China. My baby is across the water. And I'm like, but do you remember? Do you remember when you told me I'm not going to China? So I think it was a big, it was it was a learning curve for all of us. It was truly an experience for all of us. Um, But she was fine. I mean, she cried. She was sad about it the day that I had to actually leave. But what I appreciated so much about her was she almost gave me that permission to fly. And I'm not a parent yet at all. But one thing that I will say to parents is sometimes you have to just give your, your, your kids that permission. Like you have to almost give them that permission to say, it's okay, I'll be fine. I've already lived my life. I need you to go ahead and live yours. I'm still gonna be here. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, but I I have your back no matter what. And she truly did that for me. So we got through the tears. We were fine. And we talked multiple times a day while I was in China. Okay. So you remember her in so many words telling you, it's okay. It's going to be fine. I've lived my life. Now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. So th- there were no, she didn't utter those exact words, like go live your life. Right. It was more so in her actions that once she saw that this was what I decided to do. She just had to get on board and accept it. And honestly, trust in all of the things that she instilled in me. So permission to her looked like action and support to me. So things like helping me get um, certain things in order or helping me to shop for China or having me write a list or saying, Brittany, make sure you go to the bank and get all of that situated because how are you going to get money or how, you know, if I need to do anything or if I need to send you anything, like just helping me get all of my affairs in order. She, although she was scared out of her mind, she didn't let that stop her. She wasn't bitter. She wasn't saying, well, no, you're not doing what I want you to do. So I'm not, I'm not going to help you. I don't want anything to do with that. She got on board. She got on board and she was my biggest support and she was so excited. So she gave me that permission through her support, for sure. 
That's amazing to hear. It really is. At this point in the podcast, my son, who has ADHD, was having a meltdown. For him not to be heard on the podcast, we paused the recording. Then we spoke about creating this podcast in particular. So go ahead and have a listen. A podcast scares me. It scared me for a while. You mean like write a book? Sure, no problem. Right? Um, Do an online course? Sure, no problem. But podcast since 2014, that option was was on the table, mm-hmm. right? Um, I even ventured into creating a mod- motivational spoken word album. I did that. Um, there's a board game I created. I'm working on that. I'm almost about to launch that podcast. Like, what happens if I run out of guests? What happens if I run out of content? So it's just definitely a work in progress, and definitely, I like this. I like interviewing people that I know so far. And if mm-hmm. I get a stranger, um, I'll definitely get into their, into their, you know, how they grew up and, and the same thing, like dreams and following your dreams and stuff like that. We now return to the podcast episode. Please enjoy the rest of the show. What did you learn in China? About yourself, about the world, about life? You know, I learned so many amazing things while I was in China. I learned that the world is so much bigger than than any of us can even fathom. Like there is a whole nother side of the world that some of us will never touch because we're afraid. But there's so much out there. I also learned that we as people, we are more alike than we are different. And things like culture and things like, you know, area code and location, those are small in the grand scheme of things. We feel the same. We love the same. We hurt the same. It really doesn't matter. Um, But then about myself, one of the biggest things that I learned about myself was that I can do anything. I can do anything. And China is what gave me that confidence. China truly gave me the confidence to know and to not only know, but to believe that I am capable of doing anything. Because again, I was 22 years old when I moved to China and I moved there by myself. I didn't have family. I didn't have friends. So I went an entire year with essentially no family. I was away on my birthday. I was away on Christmas, on Thanksgiving, all of these holidays, but I still had the the best time ever. So China showed me that I was capable of so much more than I was even allowing myself or giving myself credit for. And now I kind of, I walk with this boldness today because of that experience. Sitting at a restaurant alone doesn't scare me. Traveling alone doesn't scare me. I know how to be alert. I know how to be aware. And the funniest thing about China, right, is when I came back, I realized that I had no idea how to contact like the police or any emergency services while I was there. It didn't even dawn on me. How do I contact like 911? No idea. Thankfully, I didn't need to (laughs) at all. But just being there, it it just gave me a a confidence boost for sure. That's that's amazing. Uh, Your your story is 
quite simply amazing. Let's go ahead and pivot back to the United States where you decided to be a public speaker. How did that come about? So that was birthed out of the situation with my grad school um, being put on academic probation. I'm so grateful now for that because I realized in hindsight that is exactly what I needed to push me. So growing up, I always knew that I was a gifted speaker. I knew that I had the skill set. I knew that I liked public speaking, but I would say stuff like, oh, that's not a real job or you don't, you, you don't aspire to be a public speaker. It just kind of falls in your lap. So maybe once I get my career going in whatever field that is, maybe people will ask me to speak on the side. So I never knew you could be intentional about it. So that period in my life forced me to really evaluate where I was and where I wanted to go. And my mom kept telling me about this speaker training that she knew of with this guy. She brought his book. She gave it to me. I was in my funk because again, grad school, no, I'm not interested. She's like, Brittany, I really think you should read this book. And he has a training. I think you should go or at least look into it. No, I'm not interested. I went somewhere else. I met um, these people that I I knew. And the short story, I want to give you the short story, is that I'm talking to this guy. He's like, what's going on? How are you? And I'm like, I've been in a funk, you know, grad school, academic probation. And then he says to me, well, what is it that you want to do? I said, "I, I really love speaking. I would love to do that. But, you know, that's not a real job. And he says to me, well, I'm going to be at the speaker training coming up soon. And he gave me the information and he's like, maybe you should attend. Do you know that it was the same training that my mom was telling me about? I believe it. The same exact training that my mom was telling me about. So I said, okay, all right. Okay. So this has to be a sign. And I went and absolutely fell in love with the art and I haven't looked back since. Why is public speaking important for personal development? So public speaking is important for personal development because when you're confident in your voice, I believe that it leads you to be confident in other areas of your life. I believe that there is a correlation between public speaking and confidence for sure. And When you believe in what you're saying and how you're saying it, when your interpersonal skills are um, great, it just changes the way that you walk. It changes the way that you interact with people. It changes so many things about yourself that you don't recognize until you hone the skill. The reason we are speaking about public speaking is not because we're both speakers. It's because it's very well known that public speaking is like the number one fear of all Americans. And Mm -hmm. we both are telling you that public speaking will grow your confidence and will get you out of your comfort zone because sitting and watching Netflix and preparing a speech to give in front of 30 people are two vastly different things. They, they include two vastly different mindsets. And if you are going to follow your dreams, you need to get out of your comfort zone 
and maybe practice maybe giving a public speech somewhere. How can public speaking build confidence? Number one, when you're able to really discover your voice and use that voice, when you're confident in that voice, you move through the world with an assurance. You move through the world knowing that everything is going to be fine, that even if something doesn't work out, you gave your best effort. And again, I truly believe and have seen the evidence of it just within myself that when you're confident in your voice, you move confidently through any and everything else that you touch because you trust it. You trust yourself. I also want to point out that with public speaking, you may not be on a stage in front of 200 people like me, right? Like your, your aim in life may not be to be on stages, but just having that skill set to present yourself, to be confident in what you're saying, to, to believe in your message and get other people to believe in it, or at the very least, hear you out. That is something that should not be taken for granted when you can speak publicly or when you can hone your presentation skills, it allows you to be a better communicator with other people. You can communicate what you want, what you deserve, what you don't have. Like It just forces you to be a force to be reckoned with in terms of communicating with others. Um, So you don't run from tough conversations. You don't run from difficulty and you walk with the boldness that translates far beyond communication itself. And uh, what are some steps people can take to start practicing their public speaking skills? I would say first and foremost, find the resources. So find things that can help you, whether that is YouTube University, um, finding things online or a resource that I know a lot of people actually don't know about is Toastmasters, which is a free program for people who are interested in just honing their public speaking skills. And they have different levels from beginners to advanced. And that's always like somewhere that I encourage people to attend if it's something that you're really serious in exploring. But again, just online, there are public speaking courses that you can find virtually any and everywhere and talk to people, talk to people. There's no better way to practice than talking to people, listening to people and just observing how other communicators do it. I am a distinguished Toastmaster, which means that I've been in that program for four years. It's not free, but it is affordable. It's very affordable. It's only about 40 or $60 a year. So you're talking about chump change a month. And for the value that that program brings is immense. I will not be the speaker or even the podcast host that I am today without the skills that I have honed in in Toastmasters. So definitely, if you want, go to toastmasters.org Look for a chapter near your area because there are dozens in every city and visit a club if they're open because due to COVID, all Toastmasters went online on Zoom. But I do think that they are starting to uh, physically meet with masks on. So please double check that information with each chapter 
And I would highly encourage anyone to go to a Toastmasters meeting. If you're a guest, it is free. And you can go up to maybe three times. It really depends on which chapter you go to. And hopefully, if you find the one that you like, then you can become a member. And again, it's very affordable. And I would encourage anyone that is interested in public speaking, getting out of your comfort zone to join. And again, get out of your comfort zone and make the most out of yourself. Definitely. What opportunities can public speaking lead to? I would say that public speaking can lead to any and everything you want it to. So public speaking is not just reserved for public speakers. So people who are on stages or training or, you know, consulting, you can be an engineer and be a public speaker. You can be an actress and be a public speaker. You can literally be anything and excel in whatever career path that you take and still be a public speaker, which can lead to more opportunities. So that could easily be a book deal. That could easily be a podcast like what we're on now. And once other people see the skill set that you have, they'll inquire about it and they'll want you to be a part of whatever they're doing because you at the very least can deliver a message. What the message is about will vary, of course, based on your interest or just your profession, but it can lead to so many different things. And I would say for me, it's led to opportunities to speak in colleges and universities, um, community organizations, schools, K through 12, churches, so many different things, podcasts, um, different interviews, all because of my public speaking. So whatever you want, it could, it could open, it could open up doors that you weren't even thinking about because everybody needs a communicator on the team. Definitely, 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 definitely. Brittany, I want to thank you for coming on to my podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? I'll leave you with this. Everything you'll ever need to succeed, all of your dreams, all of your goals, everything you want for yourself is possible. But more than that, everything you'll need to accomplish them is already within you. And it's a matter of just searching for that and sticking to it, right? Making a decision and truly feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. This has been Finding Your Courage with Brittany Marie Harris. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. Hector, it was such a pleasure speaking with you today. To contact Brittany, please visit her website at BrittanyHarris.com. That is B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-H-A-R-R-I-S.com. You can also connect with her on all the social media platforms with the handle at BMPowered2. That is at B-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D and the number two. Until next time. Bye.